Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Honest Money is proudly sponsored by Outsurance. Saving on your car insurance can start by SMSing CAR to 30165. If Outsurance can't beat your current premium, you can ask them to give you 500 Rand. And if you've been claim free and with the same insurer for three years or more, ask them for 1,500 Rand. Whether it's a saving or possible cash in your pocket, you always get something out. And that's the honest truth. Outsurance is a licensed insurer and FSP. T's and C's apply. 50 cents per SMS. Welcome to um, Honest Money. I'm really excited to, uh, to chat to our guest today, Stealthy Wealth. Um, Stealthy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Warren. So, so just for, for everyone listening, um, I can honestly tell you I have no idea who Stealthy Wealth is. Uh, his, his cameras are off and his name on the, on the, on the screen says Stealthy Wealth. So, so he's truly a mystery guest. So, so please don't contact me afterwards to find out who he is. I don't know. Um, and and so, so Stealthy, maybe just, just to kick off, uh, can you tell us a bit about the, about the need to be stealthy? Um, yeah, so I, I run a personal finance blog and, and on the blog I disclose pretty much all my dirty laundry as well as my um, personal financial information. Um, so that's anonymity is just to uh, protect myself and my, my family's identity. Um, and it kind of adds a cool angle to it, um, you know, the whole mystery aspect. Okay, great. And so, so maybe just for, for people who are not familiar with, with, with your blog, uh, t- tell us about the journey, what, what Stealthy Wealth is about. So basically, um, back in 2016, I um, put together a financial plan to um, aim to become financially free um, by the time I was uh, 45. So that's now uh, around 10 years away still. Um, but uh, yeah, the blog just uh, details uh, some of the decisions along the way, um, as well as my, you know, the planning that went into it and my reasons behind it. And uh, yeah, it just touches on a whole host of different personal uh, finance aspects. Okay, great. And I mean, I, I mean, I've I've certainly read uh, read quite a bit of what you've written and followed you on social media. And, and so, I mean, to me, the interesting thing is that you you're quite broad in your in your coverage of personal finance. It's not it's not as if it's just one particular aspect that you keep drumming on about. It's something that that obviously whatever is impacting your life or, or catches your eye, you, you you do the research and and you write about. Is that is that just because it's it's what's personal to you, or is that a, a strategy? Um. Yeah, so most of the time it's personal to me. Um, one of the reasons behind the blog as well is, um, I mean, I was going to be facing a lot of uh, decisions and needing to research a lot of different aspects, um, you know, in order to put together a financial freedom plan. So I figured, you know, if I'm going to do all this legwork um, and I'm going to be documenting it anyway and putting together spreadsheets, I might as well share it with, you know, the, a, a bigger audience. And if, if anyone else finds it useful, then that, that, that's just a bonus, you know. Um, and I mean, if I can help anyone else with similar plans or aspirations, I just thought that would be a a really nice side effect um, of something that I was, I was going to be doing for myself. Yeah, yeah fantastic. And, and I think that's one of the big things for me in, in, in South Africa, but maybe around the world is, you know, the need for, for proper um, objective personal finance education is massive. You know, there, there are lots of companies and individuals with an agenda who will, you know, will put themselves out to say that they're experts, but ultimately they're trying to sell a financial product somewhere along the line. And so I think, you know, the more objective 
uh, blogs and 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 content we can get from 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 I, I mean I want to say ordinary South Africans with as a, as a compliment you know people who aren't aren't gender driven the better so so um, you know I think good, good for you in terms of being able to to share that with with your your fellow South Africans I hope lots of people follow and I hope it, it keeps growing from strength to strength yeah and I think there is a bit of a um, a community building slowly in the background I've I've seen it over you know since 2016 till now. Uh, definitely more blogs popping up of people that, you know, wanting to, to do, do their work career a little bit differently and, you know, call it quits a lot earlier than the normal 60, 65 years old. Um, there's, there's communities forming, there's meetups happening. Um, so I think there's a bit of a, um, uh, starting to, to gain a bit, a bit of traction in South Africa. Um, obviously, this type of thing has, uh, you know, been established in the US and UK and, and the, the more the first world countries for a long time already. Um, and I think yeah, the, it, it's it's great because it makes information easily accessible to to ordinary South Africans. And I think also it takes a lot of the intimidation and jargon, um, you know, out of uh, a lot of the financial aspects. As, as you as you um, mentioned earlier, a company will happily sell you a product, you know, uh, deeply layered in jargon that you don't even really understand uh, what what you're getting uh, into at the end of the day. So I think a more like the, the, the personal finance community that's forming, I think, is great because it's it just breaks down those barriers and allows more people to start talking about you know, what is generally a taboo topic normally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we, we've kind of mentioned financial freedom a couple of times already. So that usually means different things to different people. So, so from your perspective, what does financial freedom mean? Um, for me, it, it means enough. Um, I don't want to be rich. Uh, I don't want to be famous. Um, I just want enough that um, I can buy my, my own time back. Um, I always say, you know, when I wake up on a random Wednesday morning, and if I had to jot down the five things I'd like to do with that day, um, my, my day job, I enjoy it, but I wouldn't say, you know, it's, it's every day would be my first choice of, you know, what, what I want to do with my time that day. So it's, it's buying back that time to pursue the hobbies and interests that I'm most passionate about, um, you know, spending more time with my family, being able to be there for my, my two sons. Um, so I just want enough money that I don't have to worry about the bills and I can, you know, pursue the, the activities and hobbies and interests that are most fulfilling to me. Fantastic, and, and and I think for for me, uh, you know, I always think there there are a couple of steps to this. So so you know, one of them that, that that's a, one of the big steps that's a huge impediment usually to financial freedom is is the, the whole world of debt. And and so I was interested to hear your view on debt, uh, you know, either as a path to freedom or as a as a struggle or objective to freedom. Yeah, no, I'm dead against especially short-term debt. And in fact, that's one of the catalysts that, that kick-started my journey to financial freedom was um, there's a few things that happened sort of towards the end of 2015. And one of them was uh, we had just finished paying off my wife's car, which was the last of our last of our short-term debt. Um, and, and my wife, we just also found out she was pregnant. So, you know, suddenly we had a little bit of extra money plus a kid on the way. And let me tell you, there's nothing like a imminent arrival of a child that will kick-start your, your priorities in life. Um, so all of those factors together, you know, made me start seriously questioning about what I wanted to do with my life and where my priorities lay. Um, and so having that, that money freed up uh, from no longer being in debt meant that I, I now had some options available in terms of investing and opening tax-free savings accounts and that sort of thing. And that really kick-started um, my, my, my plan and putting it into motion. Um, I, one of the blog posts I wrote is that interest is actually not the worst part about being in debt. It's actually that debt takes away uh, the freedom of choice because you're now obligated um, with a monthly payment every month. There's, there's nothing else you can do with that money except put it towards, um, you know, something that you bought even three, four, five years ago and, you, and you're still paying for it today. 
Um, whereas if you, if you free up that money, you, you can use it for whatever you want. If it's, if it's a night out with the boys, you can use it for that. If, if you want to start saving for your kids' education, you can use it for that. If you want to invest for financial freedom, you can use it for that. So suddenly a whole lot of uh, extra options become available to you. And if you align um, that money with your priorities in life, you can, you can really, um, you know, create something, uh, you know, really amazing for yourself. And it feels to me that you know that that's the one uh, the one one of the big lessons. If if we can take some positives out of out of something like a COVID crisis, is you know the ability to to have some some element of financial freedom to to, to make choices when life happens. And and, and you know COVID's provi- provided a great example of something that uh, that that happens to us that none of us could have anticipated. You know the ability to to generate um, you know choice through through having money through through having some capital that just buys you time. You know if you. You do lose your job unexpectedly or or, or something goes wrong with, with investments that you've had that maybe were generating you some income, uh, you, you know, the ability to have some flexibility is, is almost priceless in that situation. And I feel really bad for people who are, let's say, were salary earners at the end of 2019, but with too much debt and, and suddenly they lost their jobs because their companies closed down and they're sitting with debts and assets they can't sell, you know, their choices are, are, are zero. Their choices are taken away from them. And as you say, that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's the burden of debt. So it's a, it's a powerful point that, you know, that, that debt, debt becomes a lack of choice and, and freedom sometimes means just, just having no debt and having the ability to make, uh, you know, smarter decisions at your choosing, not at the bank's choosing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of the time uh, people go into debt without really appreciating the long-term uh, effect. You know, if you sign up for a five-year car, uh, you know, in the beginning, it's, it's my totally new, awesome car. Then, you know, the next month, it's my really cool car. And then like the next year, it's my car. Um, and three years later, it's, it's just a car. And you're still paying for it for another two years. Um, and, you know, an older, more mature, you might uh, regret that decision that you took way back then. So I'm not saying never go into debt. And, and, and I mean, there's been plenty of situations in life where you, where you really don't have another choice but to go into debt. Um, but just understand what you're getting yourself into and appreciate the, the full impact and, um, you know, what it means to be paying for something over two, three, four, five years. So, so let, let's, let, I think I might get, get a sense of the answer already, but, but what's your uh, biggest mistake so far when, it, when it's come to, to money and investing? Yeah, so I actually wrote a blog, blog post about it. It's, it's called my 80,000 Rand date with my wife. Um, what ended up happening was <laughs> I, um, I started uh, dabbling in some uh, CFDs, uh, which is basically taking on debt to buy shares in the hopes that, you know, you'll maximize your returns um, without knowing full well what I was getting myself into. And, you know, your eyes just light up at, at, you know, when you project this compound interest over a few years and you're going to be a multimillionaire and call it quits at 28. Uh, and, um, uh, I started the trading account and the first trade, I think I lost 5,000 Rand or something like that. And then the worst possible thing happened the next trade. I actually made a decent amount of money. And that, I say it's the worst possible thing because now I had this belief that this can actually work. And, uh, you know, this could, this could really be the ticket out of here. And, um, but needless to say, the next few trades I lost, then I lost some more and I lost some more and I lost some more. And I blew the account pretty much down to zero. Um, and then the, the, um, trading platform provider had their one year anniversary dinner in, in South Africa. And I, I got the invite and I said to my wife, come, we're going, this is a 80,000 Rand dinner. So eat as much as you can, we're loading up. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that, that was my biggest mistake. Um, and if I think back, that was probably, you know, it was around the World Cup, so 2010, 2011. So if you, you know, if you future value that money, it, it was, you know, probably in the six digit range. 
and um, the the rest of uh, where, where that money came from was ultimately used as a deposit on our first house. So I probably could have doubled that deposit. And, you know, the, the knock-on effects of that mistake, uh, all the interest I could have saved by having a, a smaller home loan for the first place, uh, you know, it, it all adds up. I haven't run the, the full numbers. I, I don't actually want to know. Um, it's, it's done, you know, the past is the past. But, um, yeah, some, some very valuable lessons learned out of it, and I consider it school fees now. Well, I think that's actually a great point from that is sometimes if we can make those mistakes earlier in life with, with smaller amounts of money and recover from them, they become, uh, you know, very valuable school fees. And that sounds to me like, uh, like the lesson you, you learned from that. So, so maybe just, uh, you know, if that was your, your biggest mistake, what's been your biggest learning? The one, the one big thing that, that if, you could, if you could tell yourself, you know, the, the 22-year-old version of yourself, what would be the one thing you would want to know um, with the experience you've gained so far? Um, yeah, I think it's actually interesting that, that you asked that because one of the things that actually came directly out of that, that dinner was they had some speakers that night and one of them was uh, Simon Brown of Just One Lap. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of him and come across his platform, Just One Lap. But um, yeah. Yeah, he had a talk there and it was around um, trading, but um, he left his link to his website and I, and I went and checked it out you know, the next day and I found there was a whole investment section. Um, and I saw oh, you, you can actually like DIY your investments. You can do it sort of cheaply. Um, you can pick up all the knowledge and skills um, to do it. And, um, you know, if you're patient and, and, he, and he taught all the, all the, the lessons you all the time about patience and persistence and, you know, not, not timing the markets and, and all of those. And um, so out of that came just me taking control of my finances and, and realizing there's only one person that's, that's responsible for my money at the end of the day. And that's, that's myself. Um, so, you know, just, um, I think, taking control of your finances. And even if that means getting help along the way, but it's that decision to get the help and know what you, and, and try, like, make a plan and understand what you're doing with your money and not just plodding along and hoping that your retirement fund that you work is going to be enough to cut it at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, if you ask uh, people, are you on track for retirement? Uh, most of them won't have the foggiest idea where their money's going, what they're investing in, why they're investing in it. Um, so it's just that, just being aware of where your money's going and um, making it a priority in your life. I mean, it's one aspect that affects, you know, so many different facets of, of your life. It, it can ruin marriages, it can tear friendships and family apart. So just take, take a bit of control and responsibility for your money and a lot of opportunities will open up. Yeah, it's a, it's a PowerPoint. I think, you know, the, the thing about compounding is, you know, when you've got money and, and it's, it's growing in your favor, that, that compounding becomes probably your biggest ally in the world if, you've, if you are patient enough. But, but if you've got a, a many problems, then co- compounding is this vicious evil that just keeps growing and, and getting heavier and dragging you down. And, and, and people who don't take control of that problem and, and don't address it and just you know, ignore the, the issue, that, that compounding just wipes them out. So I think it's a, it's a really fantastic point that you, that you make there. So, so I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, about your approach to investing. I mean, obviously you're not you're not pretending to be uh, you know someone's financial advisor and telling everyone what to do. So, just your experience around uh, around investing. How how do you think it's uh, you know someone starting out? How how should they approach it? If you, if, if if it was you, you know, if you were starting out again, what what would you be doing? Yeah. So I mean, I've pretty much tried it all. I've invested in unit trusts. I've done the the CFDs. I've invested in individual shares. Um, and, and like I said, it's not financial advice, it's just my own personal approach. But um, uh, yeah, for the last five, six years, I've been um, going for ETFs. Um, and to me, it's, it's just the cheapest and broadest way to get the, the investment exposure that you want. Um, 
ETFs are, are generally much cheaper than unit trusts. They can expose you to the same uh, asset classes that unit trusts expose you to, but at a much lower cost. Um, and you mentioned compounding is a two-way street. It can work for you and it can work against you. Um, so with investment returns, it works for you, but with fees, it's, it's very much working against you because you, you're paying away uh, the, 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 the cost of the fees. And then you must also never forget that that money that you paid away could have also been in the account compounding for you. So it's, it's a double-edged sword fees. Um, so by, by keeping those as low as possible and realizing how incredibly, incredibly difficult it is to beat the market by trying to pick the best unit trust or trying to pick the best performing shares, uh, I mean, not even the professionals get that right. You know, 75, 80% of the time they, they underperform. Um, so just by accepting the, the market return, which is inflation beating over the long term, and history has shown us that um, you, you reduce your risk by not trying to outperform and you get exactly exactly what an ETF aims to do, which is to replicate the performance of the market. And you get that at a very low cost. Um, and if you're patient enough, that, that that's going to generate your wealth over the long term. I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's. It's. You know. Um, sometimes I try and find a point of disagreement with, with, with some of our guests just to just to create some debate. And I can tell you, uh, that I, I align with that a hundred percent. You know, I think anybody starting out, you know, it's it's tempting to go and choose individual shares, especially if it's you know uh, companies that provide products that you use and you you feel like you're you're an expert because because you you know you understand the products well and and you know and sometimes a company that provides great products doesn't necessarily translate into a great investment because it might just be an expensive company and the like and and so many times you know especially once once we get a little bit of knowledge around investing we, we, we start to feel like we're experts and and that little bit of knowledge uh, is often incredibly dangerous to, to to wealth creation because one thing about investing is it's it's a it, it's a great teacher over decades to to anybody and, and I think you know the, the 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 index investment you know if it's an exchange traded fund um, is a great way to just protect you against some of the, the things that you don't know yet and and certainly you know your comment around fees is valid you know I think a, a lot of the time. You know, pe- people would trust just a big brand name uh, because they've read it, you know, they've read about it or they've seen it on TV or, you know, they, they hear it on the radio and they feel if it's on TV or on radio, it, it must be trustworthy. And sometimes it is, but 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 very often it comes at a heck of a price. So so I think it's a great uh, it's a great point that the, the one thing I would say as well around exchange traded funds is d- d- don't uh, be tempted to buy too many of them. I think a lot of the time when I talk to newer investors, you know, they start saying, well, I bought the top 40, then I bought the financial, then I bought the industrial, then I bought the resources, and I bought the gold, and, and then I bought this and I bought that. And, and they end up with, with, with far too many because they feel they're, they're getting diversification. And I think, you know, sometimes you can be pretty simple. You know, if you're buying the South African market, you can just buy one, you know, buy, this, buy, buy the top 40 or buy the dividend aristocrats. Or, you know, if it's global, just buy the world index. You know, you don't have to go and buy every single one just because it's available. That, that, that often is a, is a mistake in itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, there's now, I think, 76 different ETFs to choose from. So it is getting, uh, you know, the, the space is getting quite full of options. Um, so I think know, know what you want to invest in first and then pick an ETF instead of, you know, the other way around. Maybe just picking an ETF because it's got, you know, the word fourth industrial revolution or artificial intelligence or cryptocurrency or whatever the, the buzzwords are. Uh, rather, you know, settle on an investment strategy first, deciding how much of your money you want local and, and offshore, how much in equities, how much in listed properties. Decide on that first. And then find what I do. Then I then I find the cheapest, broadest ETF to implement that asset allocation. So, so I'm glad you you, you let slip that uh, that, uh, that C word, the cryptocurrencies, because whenever I talk about it, people people say I'm too old and uh, I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm past it. So, so what's uh, what's the stealthy wealth view on cryptos? Yeah. So. 
Look, I'm not against, um, you know, people putting a small percentage of their portfolio into something, you know, sexier that can possibly outperform. And maybe that's cryptocurrency for some. For others, it could be picking individual shares. Um, you know, for others, it could be livestock farming, whatever the case is. Uh, but my view on cryptocurrencies is, um, you know, if it is an industry of the future, there's going to be companies that are going to capitalize on it and they're going to make some, you know, they're going to make profits out of it and they're going to grow and they're going to expand their business. And as businesses grow and expand, that's that's the great thing about ETFs. The the old companies which are not doing so well and maybe, you know, going to become extinct in a few years get booted out of the, the index. And the, the newer companies that are growing and, and maybe in the, the industries that are expanding, those ones get naturally picked up. So uh, my view on cryptocurrencies is if it becomes a decent industry and, and decently sized companies that are profitable emerge out of that, then they'll naturally start appearing in the indexes that the ETFs invest in and they'll naturally start investing in those companies without even lifting a finger or thinking about it. Uh, I mean, I could, couldn't have said it better myself. So, so we're, we're running out of time and I just thought, uh, you know, if, if there's... If there is one thing that you could tell people now about about money, uh, what would be the the one message you would like them to, to get from from Stealthy Wealth? Um, I think managing money is is a life skill. I mean, we we go out, we get a driver's license, you know, we fight hard, we write some, some numerous tests, you know, go jump through all the hoops to learn how to drive a car because it is, you know, for most people, it's going to become a necessity to get to work, to visit family and friends, and all of that. But when it comes to money, which arguably some people, you know, interact with more than, um, you know, driving a car. For some reason, we don't want to learn about it. We think it's too difficult. We think it's, it's going to take too much time. Um, so my advice is just to take some responsibility and control. Um, it's your future that depends on it. And it's only going to be you to blame if it doesn't work out in the end. So, you know, take some responsibility. Learn. You don't have to become an expert in it, but learn the basics so that, you know, you can ask the right questions and get the right help if you do need it. Um, because at the end of the day, it's it's all falls on your shoulders if it works out or if it doesn't work out. Brilliant. Uh, I think uh, you know, for, for me, I think it's a bit the, the biggest analogy I can find to to financial freedom is is you know is your own health. You know, and, and relying on on some doctor to keep you healthy is just not the point. You know, you've got to learn about about what to eat, how to exercise, and the like. And and you know, if the doctor gets it wrong, uh, that that doesn't mean the doctor dies. You die. So so it's the same with money. You know, just just relying on everybody else to to, to kind of get you to the point is is not is not sensible. I think. Uh, arming yourself with knowledge is brilliant. Sticking with that analogy, no one can exercise for you. You have to do it yourself. Um, you know, so you have to take some responsibility and put in a little bit of time and effort. Um, you know, that's all on you. Well, I think on that point, um, I think we, we've, we've hit the peak and, you know, we always need to exit at the peak. So, Stealthy Will, thanks so much for joining us. It was really a pleasure to have you and, and I hope we can, we can chat again in the future. Yeah, thanks for the chat, Warren. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon. Honest Money is proudly sponsored by Outsurance. Saving on your car insurance can start by SMSing CAR to 30165. If Outsurance can't beat your current premium, you can ask them to give you 500 Rand. And if you've been claim-free and with the same insurer for three years or more, ask them for 1,500 Rand. Whether it's a saving or possible cash in your pocket, you always get something out. And that's the honest truth. Outsurance is a licensed insurer and FSP. T's and C's apply. 50 cents per SMS.